Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Real quick shout out to Chad Moyer for filling in for me yesterday. I was actually down at the Unicameral attending a hearing. So thank you for, for filling in yesterday. Um, market-wise today, we're going to talk, it is on the quiet side, but there's a lot of things that are being factored in that are going to have some some longer term effects on this. And believe it or not, uh, their interest in picking up on the new crop beans, that brings in the question, are we going to start to see that whole uh, acreage argument already starting a little bit early between corn and beans. Look at old and new crop was well on these beans. Worries of uh, what's going on with the volatility, uh, some light spreading going on, lots of factors that we're going to look at today. As Brian Split joins us, he's with agmarket.net. And and Brian, let's kind of start out looking at the the quietness of this trade today. It is mid-February, something we usually see this time of year anyways, but again, it still causes for a slowdown. Yeah, there's just a, a lack of news. Um, it's a very quiet news cycle right now. Uh, you know, we last week we had a little bit of news late in the week uh, based on uh, some of the uh, goings on in the Black Sea region that perked things up a little bit. But uh, you come out of the weekend and then it's, you know, just right back down to where we were before that whole narrative started. And um, that I was looking at, at uh, corn option volatility and, and soybean option volatility with my business partner, Jim, over here. And, and um, you can go on the CME Group website, and it tracks the stuff. It goes back, you know, the last 10 years. And it's it's really wild. You know, you've got 670 roughly futures right now, and um, option volatility on corn is at, you know, lowest levels, of, you know, in the last year by far. But um, the option vol is actually at levels that we would typically see when we're at, $4 corn futures, not 670 corn futures. So um, I think just be mindful of that. Uh, you know, the um, this is probably not a, a time to be selling options in the grains. Uh, if anything, they're very cheap. Uh, I was looking at, um, you know, December corn, $5 puts are 10 cents. March 24, uh, $5 puts are about 10 cents. You know, that's something that uh, you would have uh, for quite some time. Um, you know, if you think about the similarities this year to 2013, for example, from a, a new crop price perspective, uh, at the beginning of February in 2013, the new crop corn was trading around 590 to start the month. And, uh, we just had this, this prolonged downtrend throughout the course of the year. A little bit of volatility picked up, um, in spring, but, Eventually, by fall, we were down at, at about 410 for a low. Um, and so just the, the idea, if you're a producer, of, of the potential of, of seeing a good amount of corn acres and a trend line yield and, and the carryout change substantially by, by the time we get to fall. Um, you know, And that was a year where we had highs made very early. We were coming off of very high prices the year prior because of the drought in 2012. Um, so a lot of you know somewhat similar circumstances from a price perspective, and and uh, so I, I just think that again this is probably not a time to be selling options, uh, more of a time to be buying those cheap out of the money options. However, you want to use them for your marketing plan. Um, I talked to some producers today. We were looking at maybe making sales in this five ninety five six dollar area on new crop, uh, short dated options to get out to the end of June. I think are are pretty cheap to to get. 20 to 25 cents away from the, uh, the where the market's trading right now. If you have a typical year where you have a high made in April, May, June, um, your seasonal peak, then uh, you know we would use those short dated options to manage the upside, but at least have a, a sale on the books here in case it does turn into a 2013 type of a, a marketing year. 
Um, so just the conversations we're having right now with producers. Is there thoughts of $7 corn? Because I know there's been some water cooler talk I've heard from producers with the hopes on the nearbys. Uh, I mean, it's not very far away, right? right. Um, you know, it, all, all it takes is one headline, whatever it might be, uh, and, and at least right now it would probably have to be something um, related to the Black Sea region and, and something more um, meaningful happening there. Uh, I, I think if, if we get to, you know, you think about a, a month down the road, we're supposed to be renegotiating this grain corridor. Um, and so if, if Putin came out here and said, hey, we're not going to... Um, uh, respect this corridor, uh, and, and we're not going to renew it. Um, you know, maybe that something like that would would uh, get futures to make a pop back up to seven bucks. Um, as of right now, if you think about the May corn chart, it's trading a lot right now, like it was back in mid September to early November, where we were kind of making highs at the same area over and over. Uh, we had a little bit of an uptrend below the market. And once we took that uptrend out, uh, you know, we had an, another leg down. And so we're kind of doing the same thing here. You look at May corn recently, 684 back in late December, 686 uh, in January, another 685 and a half late January, uh, just a couple days ago, 684 and three quarters. So we keep making these highs at the same spot. We've got a flat top above the market. And we've got an uptrend from these uh, early December lows. So, again, what we've been doing for the last, um, let's call it two months, looks a lot like what we did uh, back in September, November. And if it if it starts taking out this uptrend, I think you'll see another little bit of a leg lower. Um, and that probably just takes you back on, down to the December lows again, revisit that area. It's about what it would measure to. Um, however, if we get a little bit of a bullish impetus and we can get through these highs, um, the uh, the measurement would take you up towards that gap up there at that 730 area. So uh, the market's consolidating. It's waiting for the next shoe to drop and, and a reason to make a move one way or the other. We haven't gotten that that momentum ignition event yet, but um, you know it's, it's probably coming sometime in the next month or so. All right, well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to take a look at what's going on within the soybean market. For example, interest picking up on the, the new crop beans. We'll also talk about that whole, more about the old crop versus new crop beans and some of the social media uh, discussions I've heard as well, as Brian mentioned to me at the start of this program, is some tighter stocks of this bean market. We do have a lot more coming up. It is the Thursday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Belief in our products is essential for our dealership network here at Fontenelle Hybrids. Here's Lynn Junk of Junk Seeds at Carroll, Nebraska. You know, I, I do fully believe in our portfolio of corn and the hybrids replacing. I do honestly believe that I am selling the best seed corn portfolio available on the market. For more, talk to your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continue our conversation this afternoon with Brian Split. Of course, Brian is with agmarket.net. Uh, let's talk about the interest that's picking up on new crop beans. What are you hearing out there when it comes to desire? Well, I think there's kind of been uh, two conversations that are uh, reemerging as of late. Um, the first would be just the economics right now of new crop and in, in most areas, uh, corn pencils better than beans. Um, so 
we have that narrative. Maybe we see 92 million acres of corn, maybe more than that. Um, but then also kind of that need for, um, for bean oil uh, as we progress through the rest of the year, uh, which means we are going to need beans to be able to crush. Um, and so I think you're starting to see a little bit of interest in the new crop, um, maybe needing to gain some ground on, on corn. Um, you know, so for today you had November beans up eight and three quarters, December corn down one and three quarters. Uh, and I think you're also seeing some unwinding of some spreads in beans that are supporting that new crop. Um, I think the market's getting, you know, to the point where it's starting to get comfortable with the idea of the Brazilian bean uh, harvest. You had uh, uh, bean basis in Brazil go negative for the first time in 19 months, a couple days ago. So um, the availability of, of beans and the uh, availability of, of uh, world buyers to buy Brazilian beans uh, significantly cheaper than U.S. soybeans over the next several months, I, I think that thought process is causing some unwinding of these bull spreads. Uh, so again, you look at the, the board here today, March beans up three quarters, November up eight and three quarters. Um, so, and, and that was, you know, the, in, it, the same story throughout the curve here, the, the nearbys were up the least and you get to the new crop and that was up the most. Uh, so I think you're starting to see some spread unwinding, um, and that's supporting new crop and, and the need for beans to potentially, uh, fight for some acres here versus corn. Uh, as we get into these intentions uh, in, in late March. Seems too early to be talking corn versus bean acres, but you know the pressure's there. Yeah, it's it's not too early. Uh, you know, the, the USDA is making their assumptions for their February outlook forum, and, um, you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, you could even look at that and, and what some of these uh, numbers are looking at. Um, you know, they'll, they'll increase trend line yield on corn, um, essentially two bushels per acre every year out 10 years. So um, I don't know if the American producer knows it or not, but they're going to be growing nearly 200 bushel corn uh, by the time we get to 2032-2033 marketing year. A bean oil? Kind of give me your thoughts on, on what you see going on there right now and the pressure. Uh, so on the bean oil, I think, um, you know, and that's part of the narrative here too with, with what we're talking about for these renewable diesel initiatives. Um, we've had bean oil get very cheap. Um, I, I think typically when you get bean oil down around 60, uh, that's going to be considered value, especially with, with what we're expecting to happen over the next couple of years with the expansion of crush plants across the country. Um, so uh, we've had a, a very large move in meal. We had meal because of Argentina's dryness get to 500 a ton. Um, they, as they were doing that, they were selling bean oil relentlessly, unwinding that. Um, and so I think, you know, at some point you're going to have a more meaningful um, wind of that trade again where you get bean oil to start trading very strong and the meal to start uh, losing its its strength, especially as we, you know, trade near historically high levels on on uh, on spot meal with with a 500 price tag in front of it and we're we backed off a little bit in meal over the last couple of sessions we're around 490 in march but still historically pretty high um and i, I think if the fund manager is in the belief system that uh, that bean oil is still a good long-term trade that was you know admis had a, a conference for brokers a couple weeks ago out in, in las vegas and that was one of the the consistent uh, narratives is, is that bean oil is, is going to continue to be a bullish long-term story. 
Um, so I, I think uh, we've seen bean oil recently get down and revisit lows that we had back in July and um, and, and again um, back in, in December. And it just seems to be a, a pretty good base of support under this market. And we're starting to see some short covering in the, in the bean oil from here. Kind of exciting, though, to see it um, when it comes to, to California and maybe their acceptance a little bit more when it comes to renewable fuels. Yeah, and, and, and that's going to be... Um, you know, a, a big part of, of the adaptation of this is uh, California leading the way, um, whether it's uh, it's E85 or, um, you know, really pressing the renewable diesel issue. All right. Sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, you can reach me directly at 815-665-0463. Uh, the general ag market line is 844-4AG-MARKET, so 844-424-6758. And uh, check us out online at www.agmarket.net. And a quick side note, Brian and the crew from agmarket.net will be joining me for a couple episodes of this program during Commodity Classic. That's just around the corner. Just to remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.